and it's your boy Roshan Gomez. You are listening to the Rumor Roy podcast. Welcome. And we have a special guest, Mr. Nadir Noor. Hello. Thank you for having me here today, Roshan. <laughs> Very glad to have you. Um, yeah. I, basically, how I, I, I discovered you, so to speak, was I was just going through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Then your, your art popped up. And then I was like, I was really vibing with it. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Went on, then I saw your your your, your following. I was like, oh, I want to talk to this guy. And uh, the finisher or, or the thing that sealed the deal was I found out you stayed in Sungai Bulo. <laughs> like, I must have this guy on. Oh, yeah, I was like, I mean, when you mentioned that, I was like, wait, did I say that anywhere? But then I realized that, yeah, in one of the profiles, that yeah. I did cover that. So, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I DM'd you and you were so nice to come on. So, I'm really Aww. excited for this conversation. You're like the first like artist that I'm talking to. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, like, I mean, even when you mentioned that you're from Singapore, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. Like, yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that there are creatives, like more creatives in Singapore, you know? So, it's like… So it's nice to find out about yeah, that. Like yeah, like I keep telling everyone, Sungai Bulo is a cultural hub. <laughs> More people need to come to Sungai Bulo. Do you? Yes. Do you? Do you ever feel stigmatized for that? For staying in Sungai Bulo? Because <laughs> I feel it. Yes, honestly, <laughs> like the first time my friends sent me back home, and they were like, "Oh, I feel like we're kind of like inspirited away or something, you know? <laughs> going through the like, where is this place and all?" And I, I was still staying in Pajara, so it's like a bit darker to like go in there. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so I was like, okay, cool, but yeah. it's, it's nice to. Yeah, I get the same thing. The, it's like, for, I don't understand the logic because one Utama for some reason is nearby for them. <laughs> yes, but then yeah. the moment they pass the LDB toll, it's like they've gone through that <laughs> closet going to Narnia for some reason. Oh, yes, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like we're kind of like near to everywhere actually, so it's yeah. pretty good place to like live in. Yeah, yeah, it's very strategic. You know? Strategic, yeah. so it's like you can. It's the same distance to go to like KL, Subang, PJ. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The only thing that's far is like Kajang, mm-hmm. Cheras, Puchong. All right, but yeah. right, we don't really go there. We don't really <laughs> go there. That is the real kampong, guys. No. <laughs> that is the real kampong. <laughs> I went to Klang the other day. Okay. Uh, well, not the other day. This was even before MCO. Just mm-hmm. before MCO. And my friends had rented a, like a stay, uh, you know, a place to stay over. And I kid you not, one of the roads in Klang was named Jalan Ikan Bilis. That's cute. I like Ikan Bilis. <laughs> it, on ways, you know, it's Jalan Ikan Bilis. I'm like, where the hell am I? That you couldn't think of any other road name. I mean, wait, let me think. I guess we don't have that. Yeah, I guess. But, but that's cute. I would love to live on a Ikan Bilis Jalan. You know? So, I mean, in Singapore, we are pretty ratchet too. Like, I remember seeing like, um, people using the Segway, punya, I don't know, Moro yeah. thingy like in the middle of the road. And then like, I see like a bunch of kids riding on like, like horseback without like any of those saddles. Like in Sungai Bulu, I'm what? like, okay, what? I guess like we are pretty wild here. And like, horseback without saddles? Yeah, like bunch of kids in Kuang, like I was passing by and I saw like bunch of kids. like Yeah, but, like kids. But it was on a, a ranch lah. It's not… No, no, it was… On the jalan, on the, in the kampung, like, without wait, any wait. saddle. Serious, I'm not… <laughs> Nadine, Nadine, Nadine. No, so you're telling me, you're driving down driving down a road… Yes, in one of the kampung roads. Kampung roads. On the road, you yes. saw boys… Yes. On horses. Yes, without saddles. Without saddles. Yes. <laughs> Serious, I'm like, I guess this is it. This is Sungai Bulo. This is Sungai Bulo. This authentic Sungai Bulo. Yes, yeah. So I was like, it's cool, I guess so. Yeah, and before the we started recording, you showed me a tweet… Uh-huh. Of what your friends had sent you. What, what <laughs> yes. was the tweet again? 
it's like a bunch of people in the train like holding plants yeah. and then like it says next station Sungai Buloh. So, yeah, lah. <laughs> law lah. Just because got some freaking nurseries here. <laughs> we are the HQ for pot- potted plants. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> need a potted plant, they could text me up. Hey, Roshan, oh. you know where to buy potted plant? Ah? What? Same. <laughs> I don't mind that. I guess it's cool. You like you like uh, plants, right? Yeah, I do love plants. And much like Sungai Buloh is kind of like far from everyone, so like, like much like they don't know what to do here if we hang out. So it's always nice to be like, you know, hey, like I send an excuse to come here and like buy plants. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice, you know. Yeah. Nice man, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's we we'll, we'll keep on talking about Sungai Buloh as we go along. <laughs> sure. But uh, so tell 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 me a little bit about yourself, uh, especially for the people who don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are you? Okay, like let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. What is Nadir Noor's origin story? Right. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, starting this year, I've been freelancing fully as an illustrator. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... So, I work on a, like a lot of different projects like tabletop uh, games or comics. And I've worked on like visuals for music and bands. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so it's like all those different things depending on the project. Uh, but before this, I did work in an animation project. Uh, I mean like in an animation studio, in a pre-production studio. So I was doing a little bit of that uh, after college. But uh, studying, I guess this year, uh, yeah, I do full-time freelancing as an illustrator, yeah. Okay, but let's let's take it back even earlier mm-hmm. to that, right? Like, sure. were you always a creative person? Did you like, come out of the womb with like a paintbrush in hand? Like, how early did this begin? <laughs> right. Uh, hmm, let's see. I mean, it's just more of like watching animes and Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and then like drawing your own thing. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of cliche, like, but like, yeah, like it's just like, oh, like, just want to be in your own world. So I guess like, I mean, I was so into like the idea of uh, exploring an existing like uh, story and then like coming out with my own story like characters for them, like Pokemons or mm. uh, Naruto and stuff, and like making my own ninjas or making my own Pokemon. So that kind of like, so I guess like, okay, so I was very into that when I was early on as a kid. Mm. And then I remember, um, I don't know how, when I was like 15 or 14, I discovered about DeviantArt. Okay. Uh, it's like a website for some artists to upload their work. And like they have their own galleries and stuff and you can follow each other. It's kind of like, Instagram, but it's more literally for artists. Uh, yeah. So I discovered DeviantArt. And then there, I, I think I was like 14 or 15. And then there, I realized that like people actually draw their, drew their own thing. You know what I mean? Like, Because mm. we see a lot of like cool characters like, in animes and like in comics. But then I just realized that, yeah, of course, like somebody had to draw that. <laughs> and like they had to draw it on their own. And I tried to look deeper like what they were using. So they were using like digital tablets. And I think that year, uh, so I guess I asked from my parents for a digital tablet <laughs> and then like they bought it. And I was, so I just kept on drawing like hardcore, like studying that year. Yeah. Uh, so in DeviantArt, uh, they are like uh, role-playing groups. Mm-hmm. Basically, like you join in and you come up with your own characters. But then you, uh, you draw, I mean like basically you draw your own stories. But since it's a group, so you, ha- you still have to explore the same story mm. and the same set- setting. So it's kind of, so I was very into that. So I was doing a lot of my own characters with other people and stuff. But I guess it relates back to like when I was a kid, like I was doing my own character, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just that now I have a platform with it, with other people and that helps to make it more exciting because you're sharing with a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? So I did that 
in high school and then I started to join like Comic Fiesta for the art festival and the bazaars. Um, so I guess that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not only... Um, so for you, it's not just like a realism, realistic sort of depictions. You're looking at being a storyteller as well. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like I was... I mean, I was doing like really animal... Mm. Like, you know, like we bullshit like back then, you know, mm. like, like not really like those realistic paintings. Mm. Um, I think it's only in college that I had to like learn it for foundation itself. Okay. Yeah. So Where did like, you study? Uh, I studied at the One Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. like intense. Uh. Yeah, it was very intense. Like, I, I think, think like people commit suicide and things uh, like that. I man. don't know about that. I heard, but I heard it's that bad. <laughs> That's what I heard. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, like not bad. Like, oh, it's just really tough. Uh, One Academy that. is a fine institution. <laughs> Please sponsor this. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I was on a scholarship, so I can't say shit. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I mean, it was very tough. Yeah. I, I, and like, I remember one semester. There was a semester where like the class like kind of broke into half because like half of them failed. And oh shit! Half of us had to stay. You know, so much. It's really tough that yeah, if you don't give that much, then you're gonna have to try again, which is okay because you know. College time is very confusing and like you can't figure it out at one go. So, so this is the thing about art. Um, that one component is being free, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, being generous, right? Uh, being able to uh, create in a you know they always say like in a safe space, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, are these sort of environments conducive? Can you actually push someone to be hmm. more creative? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a good question because I mean, there's that is definitely true, lah, and like art. Can't really um, push it, but then I I think if I didn't have to go through all that in college, I probably wouldn't be able to like work on so many things right now. Because mm. I think the thing about college is they are supposed to be a space that kind of push you to go places where you don't want to, you know. Because once you're on your own, then I think you're gonna be more like laid back to like just work on what's comfortable for you. But I think college is where you are supposed to push yourself and like you are supposed to explore as many different things. Because like, if you want to draw like, I mean, for example, like anime and all, like they they look kind of like wacky and they look kind of like unrealistic. But like really good animes or like really good simplified styles, you can feel that the artists have like really good foundation because they kind of know what to like simplify and they kind of know what to like cheat around and like um, not draw. You know what I mean? Like Mm. make it simple, but then like still very good. You know, just you can just feel it like when someone has foundation, but like, they don't draw it realistically and yeah. when someone doesn't have foundation, you know. So, I guess if you're in college, I guess you just just give as it, much as you can. It's while a you're time there. to be challenged, lah. Yeah, basically, you know. What you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I also agree with you because looking at your art in Instagram, mm-hmm. actually, now that you mentioned it, that's what I think uh, struck out for me. It's very simple, mm-hmm. but there's like a beauty in the sim- simpleness. Like, if if okay, one thing is it feels like you. I might be wrong. But it feels like you get a lot of inspiration from nature. Because sure. there's a lot of like… Um, is it the potted plants that has inspired you? <laughs> I guess you can say that. Yeah, sure, sure. There's a lot of plants. There's a lot of… Uh, but plants is not the right word for it at the same time. I, I don't know how to, right. to explain it. Like right? nature? Or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. I mean… Um, yeah, I mean, I try to uh, simplify my work. Uh, I mean, the whole nature thing… I guess it has always been there uh, for a long time, but we can go, we can go there after this. But 
I think when it comes to like simplifying, I think earlier on when I didn't know how to draw, I mean, in a sense that I was just doing my own thing, like, mm. you know, like in high school or like in the beginning of college, like, I think I like to, I like to like make it very maximalist mm. and like feel everything because like I'm kind of like hiding things that I don't know like, yeah. about, you know, so much I'm like, oh, like if I make it pretty, yeah, you yeah. won't realize that it's bad. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, like now I guess I am sort of consciously trying to simplify it. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a challenge to like, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I This is also something I've learned. And I don't think, I think it, it's for a lot of different areas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, even uh, like if uh, in the legal career, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing drafting. I think when you start out, you try and make it as bombastic mm-hmm. and like, like 10, 15, 20, 30 pages. You know, try and right. give as much, vomit, you know, just quote cases and just <laughs> put passages there. To yeah. Like, you know, kind of like make yourself look impressive mm-hmm. and scary. But what happens is with more senior uh, lawyers mm-hmm. or more senior counsel, you more often than not find them always trying to keep it as simple as possible right. to the point as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's very challenging. Yeah, right? yeah. It is very challenging. Like like we used to do in school in Kasan Rumosan, right? You right. take a freaking essay. How do you condense? <laughs> how do you take like 9, 10 paragraphs and That's just true, condense yeah. it into the bare essence five sentences, right? Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've all forgotten about it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, the same way I am. At the end of the day, you're still trying to connect with humans and mm. for us humans, I don't know how many times I've said my chamber. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, oh, but like for us humans, like, yeah, like you just, you can't, the easiest way to connect is to make it very simple but to make it like very, still very honest and um, yeah, still very impactful. Yeah. So I think for me now is yeah about balancing that simplicity and still trying to make it interesting. Yeah. You you yeah. use the word honest. How, mm-hmm. how, what that, what is honesty play in <laughs> art? How how do you how do you how do you produce something that's honest? Right. Uh Tula, I am I'm also trying to like find more find out more about that. But mm-hmm. I think honesty in work. I do. I sound so like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. Honesty... <laughs> look, honesty is really, really important. Right, I really yeah. feel it's like too underrated. Mm-hmm. Something we all take for granted. Yeah. But... And honesty is not just uh, like not lying, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to think like honesty is just make sure you don't say falsehoods. Mm-hmm. But honesty is a way of life. It means like in everything you do, yeah. you are the, your most authentic self. Right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, it's kind of hard to like put it into words, but... You can kind of feel it like, and I'm like when you feel like a work is very honest, and you can just see that the artist is just trying to vibe out like what they are feeling, you know, like they are not like covering anything, or they're not trying to show something else. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. that's what they are. That's them. That yeah, they are. Right. They are not like trying to be Van Gogh, for example. They are yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I mean, even if they they are inspired by Van Gogh, like yeah, there is a difference between like recreating work and like. Mm. Um, coming out with something that feels right to you mm. in a sense which is which feels honest to you lah, you know yeah, and so, but that is a tricky question lah. one 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 question that uh, is really hot now is like very controversial right mm-hmm. is this idea of like cultural appropriation mm-hmm. so when can we uh, use uh, inspir- well I don't know inspir- when can we use parts of other person's cultures right. and make it our own. Right. When is it theft mm-hmm. and when is it appreciation? Right, right. Is that something you think about? Because I'm sure you look at different cultures mm-hmm. as an artist. You look at different cultures, yeah. you look at different societies. 
uh, and how they paint. And I'm sure you are also adopted into, well, I might be wrong, but I'm, I feel that it's reasonable for you to also take these things and inspire you and uh, you kind of reproduce it in your own work as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice way to like, round up <laughs> to like from Van Gogh. But yeah, it makes sense. Like, that's true. Like, yeah. like the thing about art, it is, a lot of it is appropriation from like different styles into a whole new style. Like, mm. so I mean, it is an appropriation of one idea like a bunch of ideas into a new whole new idea, you know? So, uh, I think, yeah, that's the thing about cultural appropriation. Uh, like, I do have a lot of uh, thoughts about it, but then at the end of the day, like, I am Malay, mm. you know, which is a majority in, in Malaysia. So, I don't think, like... Uh, you don't yeah. think you should be part of the conversation? I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, in a sense, uh, I mean, I used, I used to, like, like, be more... I mean, I used to, like, talk about it more but I do realize like, as time goes by that yeah I think like I think at the end of the day if you like you should be listening instead of like mm. like uh, like putting out especially if you're Malay you know in, in yeah. like in our country but uh, I think the whole I mean for me like what I can say is uh, for this topic mm. um, it's kind of unfair to like uh, compare ourselves to like places like uh, the United States yeah because like our relationship with culture is very different you know like yeah. um like the way that uh, how it was exchanged uh, like i mean historically and like the way that how it was uh, in the US is so different like much yeah. um like malaysia like we adopted a lot of culture from india and like it worked in not in the same way as how like white people were like adopt quote unquote adopting Indian culture for Coachella. Yeah. It's it's so different. Like Yeah. On, honestly, know? I really agree with you. And I'm actually very, very cautious. I mean, this is very controversial. <laughs> Whatever, la, cancel me, la, I don't care, la, okay. But honestly, even things like uh like the blackface mm-hmm. phenomenon, right? You see that in America, the reason why blackface is so controversial mm-hmm. is because uh it, it ties into their history of using blackface as a way to insult or as a derogatory method that came out from slavery. It's a root of mm-hmm. slavery. That's where the origin straight from. Yeah. So because you can see there are comedy shows that do whiteface for example. Right. And it is still funny. So it's not really a right. racial thing per se. But the reason why you, blackface is bad is because of the ties it has to slavery, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. But in Malaysia, when we talk, talk about brownface, there is no same tie. You know, so mm-hmm. I… Well, you can say at the most that we have a colonial sort of history. Mm-hmm. But the relationship between the, I feel, white Americans and African Americans is very different from Malaysian Indians and um, Malaysian Malays. Right. It's, it's just very, very different. And I feel like people are not thinking it through. Like, mm-hmm. you might still come to the same conclusion, that's fair. But I just feel that people are very, very emotive about this issue. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm very cautious. Lah. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, uh, yeah, that's the thing, like, when we talk about like cultural appropriation, like we are so different, right? But then like, um, like I do think that um, this whole conversation around like colorism and like, um, you know, like racism, mm. like are still very legit in, I mean like are legit in Malaysia. So even though we are different, we are like talking about how things ended up being historically different. But then at the same time, we are still, um, you know, like, uh, we're still very messy with how we uh, deal with each other when it comes to race. So, in one, like, on one hand, like, yeah, for example, I agree that, uh, like, Malaysians, we should, like, because we work differently, right? So, like, we should be exchanging cultures. That is true. 
you know. Uh, but then at the same time, like, like Malays also need to like step up their game and like you know like work on this mm. col- uh, problem with colorism. You know, like if you really want to quote unquote appreciate Indian culture, then you should be working on the racism, the systemic racism that we are having and like all the problems that we have. And then we can go about with like how we are supposedly multicultural. You know, so much. Um, yeah, it's different. But then like, I also agree like there are still a lot of issues to be dealt with. And I think much like, comparing like me not being able to like appreciating or like appropriating a culture with like actual racism in Malaysia, much like, like I don't lose anything just because I don't get to wear it. Yeah. If it means that you know we are not like we are still not talking about it in the right way and we're still not yeah. uh, processing it, you know. But uh, yeah, like if, I mean, if we go back to like art, like <laughs> it is very tricky still because no, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. I I, don't, I totally know? understand and definitely there are uh, challenges in our society. Mm-hmm. I mean, Indians in Malaysia. Uh, are not doing well. La. Then mm. I don't want to think everyone can agree on. La. Right. Uh, and so, I think we can talk, that can be an issue that we can talk about like why uh, Indians in Malaysia not doing well? What are the historical reasons why? What are the cultural reasons why? Mm-hmm. And we can, and ev- every Malaysian can help and uplift this group. I just think we don't, when we, we what we should focus on is uplifting rather than uh, pushing other people down. I don't think right. we need I think we need more unification and not more division. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I think when we're schooling, always like policing each other on what you can or cannot do. Oh, you can't wear that because you don't understand the, the traditional significance. Oh, you can't wear that because you're getting a profit from that. You can't do this because of that. You can't do this because of that. I think it just uh, fractures an even more divided society. La, and mm. I just don't think it's helpful. But this is my own personal opinion. Right, right, yeah. There's a, I don't really follow the Malaysian art scene mm-hmm. at all. So that's another reason why I want to talk to you. But right. there is one Malaysian artist that I know of that I really like. His name is um, Shai, Said uh, Tajudin. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, no, I'm not. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I went to a gallery uh, in, uh, I think it was the National Art Gallery, and he had an exhibition at mm-hmm. the time. Um, he was from he. I think he was born here. He went to India, then he came back here. He was he was raised in Penang, mm-hmm. and he was working in a bank for the longest time. Okay. Um, but what he does is he sort of amalgamates because he's Indian Muslim. Mm-hmm. So he amalgamates like Malay culture and Indian culture. Right. And it comes out as something different right. and very beautiful and very new. Yeah. But he has to combine these two separate cultures. Right. Yeah. And so I just hope that like, you know, in this post-cultural uh, appropriation era, we don't cancel people like that. Mm-hmm. La, you know, who are right. doing, I think, good work. La, yeah. Right? I mean… I mean, because I look, I definitely look like very deep into culture and like Malay culture. And I think that is one of the things that I, I mean, that is fascinating to me. And I feel like that doesn't seem to uh, be looked into when it comes to this conversation in Malaysia is because like, yeah, like Malay culture are heavily inspired by Indian culture, you know, like, um, like, and it's like, it's not even out of like appropriation or like, uh, colonization because like you know like historically Malaysia wanted to be a part of the greater India you know how like Thailand and like mm. Indonesia and Malaysia like we were we all like use a lot of Sanskrit words and we yep. were all like Hindu Buddhist yep. so it's like all of us were in a sense globalizing to become India yep. historically you know so how like Malaysians relationship uh, with Indian culture is very different with like how it is being appropriated 
in in the in the states, for example, you know, it's like yeah, historically, it's just our fascination with that culture is just so different. Like how it, I mean, like how it became it came to be later on, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we do still have like, issues that we need to deal with, and I, I guess like until we properly deal with it, then we can proceed with like letting it fl- like letting our cultures flourish with one another, you know. Mm. more beautiful way and in a more safe space. You know, I mean like in a more safer way for every race, you know? That's really interesting though. Like we actually, I, I, I never really thought about it in that way. We have a shared history. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. So. It's not like things started when our ancestors came over with the British. We have a history that goes way back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it is very fascinating. Like, we have like, we, 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 we were like, we were exchanging cultures even before this whole idea of like white people coming in and like telling us what to do and stuff. Mm. So it is fascinating to see how like, I mean, I'm sure like historically that time India was like a superpower. I mean, they still are culturally a superpower. And Mm. but like during that time, they were so influential. Like they were affecting the whole lot of Southeast Asia to like be, to be dressing and to be speaking in this one way, you know? Mm. So, and to be believing in, you know, in like in these beliefs, with Hinduism in, you know, in Southeast Asia. So, mm. yeah, it's fascinating how, like, thousands of years or, like, hundreds of years later, like, you know, the Indians here are the ones who are oppressed. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's just like, yeah. So, it's it's something to, like, think about. But um, what, what, yeah. what, what, besides culture, so I'm sure culture, different cultures inspire you. Mm-hmm. You draw from them. Uh, are there any th- other things that inspire you? What 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 are your inspirations? Uh, nature. We see. mentioned nature. Yeah. Nature is one. Yeah, nature is very big. Uh, let's see. Mm, I mean, I'm very inspired by like anime. Okay. So, but I think when you, mean, when you say anime, it's like, I think I see like a deeper thing which is like stories lah. Sure. Uh, well, I think uh, well, mine. I feel like I'm very inspired with video games and anime, mm. in a sense where I, um, when I try to, like, how do you say this? Uh, I feel like I get compared with other artists. Um, okay, so I was doing like illustration, digital illustrations, mm. and then I was doing uh, traditional uh, paintings, uh, maybe like two years ago. Mm. So I did manage to like get into sort of like the gallery. I mean like not exactly get into it, but like like an exhibit. It, yeah, you know, like I mean, so it's it's a different scene, like the illustration scene, which is very digital. Like you join like those uh comic cons sort of a bazaars. So those are like sort of like the illustration scene uh scene. Mm. But then like the sort of like the gallery scene is where like you know, like you you join events and you do like gallery shows and stuff and you kind of like sell your artworks to like collectors and stuff. So those are two very different scenes. Mm. And I feel like when it comes to like anime and like video games, it's it's very, uh, it is heavily influential in the illustration scene. But then when it comes to like the gallery sort of like scene, mm. it's not, uh, I mean like it's not as influential because like in the gallery scene sort of like you are more inspired by like, yeah, like proper painters, mm. you know, like, for the like, Van Gogh or whatever, you know, like, what, you know, you know what I mean. So, but even though those painters are drawing from particular sort of inspirations, like uh, it could be like a uh, uh, biblical, or it could yeah. be like a mythology, right. or it could be I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So exactly, like I feel like uh, the thing that I like about video games and 
like comics and anime is like they like to re- I mean they they do actually explore all these like very heavy topic like religion and like mm. yeah like Evangelion like is heavily biblical <laughs> you know so it's like much but like Evangelion this, is psycho right exactly <laughs> you know mad. so it's like you can feel it's so like I am very inspired by the idea of like exploring something very heavy mm. in a very like like cute or like in a very soft way you know like adventure time like it's such this explore like philosophy and like uh existential crisis but they're also cute and like <laughs> they're also adorable and like wacky so i'm very inspired by that like the juxtaposition of like something that feels very heavy or like something that feels very like unspoken about but like you explore it in a very comfy way yeah 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 i i, I get it i mean um it's sort of like uh th- and that's the thing about art right it's a a type of uh, in that because there's two ways we can we can communicate beauty right mm-hmm. we can either verbally or visually and they are very different yeah. if you think about it like when you try and um communicate beauty to someone you can you can move someone to tears with your words right whether it's poetry or sure, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. but it's like a process you know you take that person and you sort of build it up and there has to be a, a climax and yeah. then, you know going down it's a it's a it's a, a journey lah mm-hmm. it's a very it's a beautiful thing but it's very different Whereas with art, it can be almost instantaneous, right? Yeah, that's true. It's still the same beauty, but it's the, the it's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's different. Like, so you could you could sort of communicate like really complex sort of like you were saying like a like an existential crisis. You could see someone, you could paint the the <laughs> sorrow in someone's face or the despair right. in someone's face, and you would immediately kind of feel what that person is feeling. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can see that. I mean, there is definitely danger in that, though, like, especially. What's like, the danger? Like, in, I mean, social media, lah. Like, you know how like we consume things. Like, it's so fast. You know, mm-hmm. like you're just. I mean, you spend what a week working on a painting and then you just get scroll and like in one second and they oh, just go through the other. You know, that's so, true though. You know, so that is like, double-edged sword, I guess. Like it's, I guess it's easier to, yeah, portray but at the end of the day, like, like the era that we live in right now, it's so fast-paced and it's so, the whole idea of sharing and scrolling are just so in right now. So, maybe so it might in, not be appreciated. In one way, it's great because you've been given a platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people have access to your art, yeah. but so does everybody else now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's so much of content out there, right. not only just paintings or uh, illustrations, but everything else. Yeah. And so people have such a short, uh, uh, um, like span to yeah, focus. Yeah, you know, yeah. And sometimes you get lost. Huh? Like maybe they don't get to de- dig deeper into it. While if you listen to like music, for example, or like poetry you are forced to like sit down and like, you know, listen to it fully, you know, but like art, it's like no one's forcing you unless you're very invested in it. Like you, it's either you scroll through it, you re- you click retweet or you forget about it. I mean, I am like kind of guilty with that too. Like sometimes I'll just like like something because I kind of want to sit down on it and I never do because like there'll always be more content yeah. When do you, I, do I you scroll, you know? Do you think people should spend more time reflecting on art that they look at? <laughs> Is that what you should do when you look at art? Should you like take hmm. an Instagram post, look at it, and then just like, I'm going to revisit this later? Uh, I mean, in a sense, yeah. But mm. I think that's how we should be living in general. Mm, you know what mm, I mean? Mm, like, mm. 
it's not just art lah. It's just like art mindfulness. So, mindfulness, yeah, right? We know? all need to be more mindful. Mm, yeah. Like uh, even things like eating. Now exactly. we all we, we all eat while we watch TV, uh-huh. right? And you yeah. don't even know what you're eating anymore. Right. So it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like it feels like you can have a meal in like in 30 seconds, uh-huh. even though maybe you're eating a span of like five minutes, right? Exactly, because you're yeah. focusing on something else. Yeah, that's so true, man. Uh, mindfulness is really important. You're talking about Evangelion. Uh, why was that an anime that you really like a wide bit? I, I cause. I watched it okay. uh, maybe a year or two ago ah. and it completely right. blew my mind if not just really confused me. I never felt so compu- okay. confused at the end of a series before. Oh. And then I just started reading up about the uh-huh. anime and it just kept on blowing my mind in the most funniest ways. Like do you watch a lot of animes or… Uh, I do, like, I do, but I watch all the commercial ones. I don't mm-hmm. really do like indie or really. Right. I like I watch My Hero Academia. Like I watch like really. <laughs> I that was, one's good, right? It I, mean, is, I, I, I haven't seen it, but it's good. I mean, it's good, but it's like maybe meant for like younger people, lah. <laughs> Not for a twenty-year-old dude, lah. No, lah. Like, I'm sure it's fine, but it's basically like uh, modern day Naruto in a way. Maybe, is it a uh, bit, lah? Maybe okay. too strong word, but it feels a bit like that, lah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, like, my relationship… Okay. So, the thing you is… You spoke about… In that, that few sentences you made, you spoke about Evangelion and you spoke about existential crises. Okay. So, I'm really curious to get your point of right. view. Okay. And so, this is interesting because I haven't finished watching Evangelion. Oh. It's just that… Uh, like, everyone tells me that, oh, you're going to love that series. Because, I mean, like… Because I guess, like… Like, we… I mean, like, I explore, like, similar, like… Uh, themes in my work, you know, like religion and like existential crisis and like, <laughs> you know, that kind of heavy stuff. Yeah, so I guess like, everyone's like telling me to like watch it, you know, so I am trying my best to watch it, but uh, I haven't finished it yet, so I can I don't want to like, I guess okay, we can yeah. really talk I, I about it. I won't give, yeah. I won't give, a, I won't give any spoilers. Yeah, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm of course like familiar with it, like because yeah. you know, like, I've seen so many beautiful work inspired yeah. by it and stuff, and like, I see it all the time. <laughs> just need to finish watching it, you know. So, Have you ever had an existential crisis? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think I just had it last night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no. We get this is a safe space. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, that idea is. I think. Very fascinating. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. What is there to talk about it? I mean, that's me with existential crisis, I guess. What is mm. there to talk about it? <laughs> is everything real? Yeah, like, you know. Well, I What's guess the point of life? That's it. It's pointless. We're all just going <laughs> to die in the end of the day. And our great-grandchildren are not going to even know who we are. So, what's the point? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's funny because I was listening to… Uh, I mean, me and my friends, we were listening to Sufjan Stevens' yeah. Force of July last night. Which is a very sad song about death. Yeah, yeah. I love, so, love uh, Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, so I guess that's… Maybe that's how the existential crisis came about. <laughs> well, to be fair, Sufjan Stevens can be quite depressing. Uh, yes, especially the album. Yeah, so. Mm. Uh, well, I guess it just grounds you back. I don't know. I have this quote that I wrote down because I wanted to ask you about it. Um, okay. It's uh, from a Trappist monk, uh, Thomas Merton. I don't know whether you've heard of him, but. Mm. So this is his quote. Nope. He says, uh, his parents were artists and okay. uh, he, he 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 became like a bit of… I think he was a poet of… I mean, he's like a monk, but he did a lot of creative endeavors as well. Okay. right? So he says, I do not insist on this division between spirituality and art. Hmm. For I think that even things that are not patently spiritual, if they come from the heart hmm. of a spiritual person, are spiritual. So like you talk a lot about religion, spirituality, even your art also sort of reflects that, right? Hmm. What, what has… 
what to you is the connection between your spiritual right. life, your religious life, and the art that you produce? Right. Uh, is there a connection or is there no connection? Definitely. I mean, I guess. Uh, if the questions are too, if, too deep, we can just keep. <laughs> we can talk about something else. I mean, we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, it's, it is definitely something very close to my heart, lah. Like, like, yeah, it's something that, uh, especially like, well, there are a lot of different areas, but uh, let's see. When it comes, I mean, it definitely is. It definitely plays an important part in my work. But then I also, it, I think it comes from like uh, being Malay uh, and like being queer. So much I'm like, uh, I think growing up like like spirituality and like religion is a very big thing to be a part of your life. Yeah. But then like, uh, then you also like, as you grow up, you realize that you're kind of like not welcome in that space. Mm. You know, so it's so much I'm, you don't get to explore it that much, mm. you know. So I guess... Uh, art was like a way. Allah, this sounds so like you know, chan deep. No, go for it. But, like, but like, yeah, like um, I guess like art like made it like a safe space to like really explore more about that mm. uh relationship with ourselves and like with whatever the higher consciousness is there. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so yeah, so that, I guess that's how it comes about. And I think yeah, the quote is true. Like. You can definitely just feel it, like somebody, even though they're not like, uh, into, like they're not showing literally, uh, like a belief, but yep. you can just feel that, like you it's you, feel something deeper than just. You can look at it like a yeah. work, and you can just like feel like a spirituality, mm-hmm. like a, a a call to a higher thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Without it even having to talk about, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like a biblical narration right. or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. It's interesting with like Islam in particular, mm-hmm. right? Because from my observations or from like what I've seen, um, Islam is not a very like for example, if you go to museums, you see a lot of if you go to European countries especially, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, artwork has to do with biblical narratives, right? That's also because like they were supported by you know the church at the time and things like that. That's true. Uh, you don't really see an equivalent with Islam, mm. but what you see in Islam is a lot of symmetry, mm. like a lot of metam- like a lot of mathematical designs, right? Right. Everything is like um, pointed, square, or yeah. there are patterns, running patterns that are in their own way beautiful. Yeah. But do you see the same thing? Is there is there like a Islamic art world that I don't know about? Um. Uh, well, I don't know if you're familiar with this fact, but like uh, for Muslims, like. I mean, like, uh, it's believed that you're not supposed to portray, like, living things. Oh, okay. I thought it was only the prophet. It's No, just like… I mean, like, okay, so people can get… It, it depends on, like, how hardcore you are into okay. that belief, lah. But yeah. essentially, like, you're not supposed to… I mean, people can get as crazy as, like, telling you that you're not supposed to portray living things. Because, like, in a sense, you're kind of, like, uh, pretending to be God by creating something that's so, believe, like, lifelike. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that, yeah. like… So out of that, a lot of Islamic art does not like have like sort of like ne- like animals or mm-hmm. uh, like humans. That's why they are all very symmetrical. That's why they are like more into like the patterns. I, I think that's like a lot of that affected how it came about. You know, so mm. yeah, if you if you think about it, uh, in yeah, a lot of patterns, like, even like in batik and like it's a lot of florals yeah, and yeah. stuff. But if you look at uh, Javanese batik or like you know, Balinese, like, they do draw a lot of animals. Mm. Like, they don't care as much about that, you know. 
uh, yeah, so that's the thing. I remember in school, like somebody, like somebody, like you know, Stazda was saying that, oh yeah, you can't draw art; it's haram. So can't yeah. draw. He just said you can't draw art. Yeah, like, because like in their in their head, it's like you're gonna be drawing portraits of people on the street, right? Oh, you know, which is like realistic and lifelike. So you shouldn't be going into that, lah. You know? So, but ha- is um is this still accept? I mean, is this still the common consensus? Like, I mean, there are a lot of the, from there are a lot of Malay people that are. Ve- very creative. Yeah. I, I don't mean to stereotype lah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Malay culture is a very creative culture. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of… I mean even my own friends. So many of my friends who are Malay mm-hmm. are very very talented when it comes to uh, art, drawing, right. uh, even music for that matter. Yeah. So, um, uh, is it with all the artists that you've met, is there some artists who are like, okay, you know, I'm not going to do this because it might offend. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean definitely but… Uh, I think I guess uh, I we are blessed to like be living in Malaysia, uh, where like Malay's relationship with Islam is kind of like more laid back. I mean, even though like we do have our like uh, problems to like settle with when it comes to what like how strict we can be, but I think yeah, like in general, Malays are definitely like more laid back with how. Their relationship with Islam compared to like other Islamic countries. So, yeah. I think in that way, like because you know, like we are all very multicultural and stuff. So it definitely like impacted like one another to be more accepting to the idea of that mm-hmm. variety and like creativity. You know, but I think in other Islamic countries, maybe they would have to go a bit further if they want to explore like heavier work. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I, I guess so. You can say that. Yeah, I mean, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. like Malays like we will say that oh that's haram, but then they'll stand, they'll spend um, you know the whole night watching you on Netflix. So you know <laughs> like our relationship with was haram and halal, and like when it comes to them uh, making choices for like creatively, it's yeah. different la, Like and there's a lot of nuance, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like some, I don't think everyone, all artists believe in the whole uh, st- like restriction with Islam and like, uh, like art. Yeah. yeah. I don't see you doing uh, portraits. Do uh, I mean, I do sometimes, but again, I mean, I've done it in college for work, uh, but mm. uh, I do it in my own style. I guess a bit more stylized or something. Sometimes when uh, mm. I do commissions, like personal commissions for art people, and like they do want me to draw uh, other people. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you um, look at other stories besides anime? Uh, maybe like uh, I mean like. I think Nordic and Greek mythology like is a big thing now. Yeah. Uh, and I stay away from that. Why? Tell me why. I mean, because it's a big thing now. La. Oh, I see. I mean, like, well, I was definitely very into it in like early on. Like, as like everyone else, like you're either an Egyptian kid or you're an, a Greek kid, you know? Like, <laughs> you have to choose, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but I think growing up and like making more work, you realize that what's, what is closer to home is like much more beautiful and much more interesting. You know, like mm. we have so many like interesting stories and mythologies and um, uh, like, yeah, just like cultures that is not really explored, you know, like like heavily, like, at least in the mainstream media. And like, at least if you're bringing in like an international platform, like now that we have internet and stuff, you know, mm. so like you can see a lot of, yeah, like Greek mythology inspired comics and like shows, but we have so much to share and we only have like Putri Gunung which is from, <laughs> I don't know, like what, a decade ago. You know, yeah. so it just… What other, what, what other stories 
is there any story in particular that you feel like is really fascinating but you feel like there's not enough cloud, there's not enough... Uh, right. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, I can't really pinpoint but uh, it's just our relationship with like... Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't even pinpoint like it's just so loaded. Like it's just the whole thing. Uh, like, like we can... I mean, from Malays, um like last year, you know, was it last year or two years ago? Mm. Hey. Um, I mean, I mean, like some time back, like I went, I attended like a talk mm. uh, about like the tapasire, the betel nut okay. box. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the betel nut betel box. No man. <laughs> like you know, like series, like the thing people, where people chew, like in you know, like pan. Oh, oh yeah, 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 pan. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So Malays, we also so yeah, it's like a mint. Uh, Sort of thing you chew it, right? Uh, and then you, you spit it out, lah. Basically, yeah, it's yeah. a uh, I don't know. Same kind of like the nicotine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, lah. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the talk, and like I mean, even before this, when I was staying at Rimundahan, uh, like my my director, uh, Angela, she was telling us heavily about uh, the bitter box, and like I didn't know that it plays such a big role in, for example, like Malay culture, like uh, like before this, like if people came to your house, you'd have to bring the bitter box out. You know, I mentioned like to kind of like welcome them, you know, and like sometimes it gets as. Wait, 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 well, okay, why? Well, what's the bitter bug? What, I mean, like, what's the significance I mean, like, sorry, of the like, bitter bug? The tapas I mean. Why are they bring out the bitter bug? Because, Macham, you kind of like supposed to chew it with your guests. Oh. So, Macham, okay, it's kind okay. of like welcoming them. Like, and if you go to Malay weddings right now, like, you still see it there uh-huh. on the table, but no one really knows why it's there. You know what uh, I mean? Okay. But okay, it's kind okay. of like there to just tell everyone that, hey, guys, this is a legit. All right. Uh, you know, like, this is a legit official thing that we were doing. Someone's getting married. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, we thought like, it's just, like, a decoration, right? But it it's it plays such a heavy role in, like, Malay culture. And, like, there are, like, customs and, like, how are you supposed to roll it? And, like, if you roll it this way, maybe you don't like the gas. Or, like, <laughs> if you uh, if you forgot to bring it, uh, you can't be the big... You cannot become officiated to become the next king or whatever. So, it oh. there's so much layers into that culture. And, like, now we just see it, like, on a decoration on your grandma's. That's really you know? really sad so, because it feels like it feels like in Malaysia there's a perception that we don't have much culture. Right. And so what we do is we adopt culture mm-hmm. from uh Western countries, mm-hmm. um, Arabic countries. Right. Uh and also with Indians we adopt it, I think, from African American culture. Hmm. Right. So we just adopt because we don't feel that we have enough culture. So okay. we, I think we just look for it, right? But the truth is, like from what you were saying, there is actually so much yeah, to, much to, to, for us to discover but we kind of like lost all of it. Yeah. So it's just, I think it'll be nice for everyone to just like, uh, if you want to tell stories, like, yeah, like go back to like where it feels closest to you and like it doesn't have to be that far. And I think really beautiful things can come out, lah, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's cool, man. You mentioned uh, Rimbun uh, Dahan, uh-huh. right? So, be, uh, before um, we started recording, you were telling me, and this blew my mind, that in Sungai Buloh, there is a residency. Is yeah, that what you call it? Yeah, art residency. Yeah. Okay, art residency in Sungai Buloh where, um, the, where you basically get, I don't know, is employed the right word? Uh, not really. I would say that you become a resident. Um, I guess you can say that you are sponsored. Okay. You know? Or like awarded that. Uh, like residency lah. Yeah. So. so, So yeah, just just break it down for the audience. What what, what do you do there? What sure. happens? Sure. Um, 
So um, in 2018, I was still working in a pre-production studio, uh, working on animation. And then I thought like, okay, uh, I think my friend brought up about like uh, Rimundahan opening uh, their yearly residency. And then I, I thought like, okay, I'll just apply lah. Uh, and then I guess I got it. And then I was staying there for two months. But essentially, uh, how an art residency works is like, you stay there for a bit and they give you the space um, uh, to like work on your work and to just, uh, yeah, work on your artwork. And then at the end of it, uh, maybe you can work on a show together or like you can do it like an open studio where you welcome visitors and like you can talk more about your work. But essentially like our residencies around the world, they're just there to like help the artists to work on uh, things. And like a lot of them do sponsor you. That means like they award you the place and they give you like monthly, um, what do you call that? Monthly stipend? Yep. Yeah, yeah. stipend is the right way. Yeah, so it it was really beautiful. Uh, I mean, it was really beautiful to like be able to just stay there for two months uh, in the very foresty Rimundahan and just working on my work. Uh, so you get yeah. all all these artists being grouped together. Mm-hmm. You all stay together for two months. You all eat together. You all, you all do… Uh, well, not do art together but separately but you're hanging out a lot yeah. and you get paid for two months to to do that. That's really, really cool. And so then after that, they own your art and you you they sell it, is it? Um. Okay, so it depends on like each residency, like uh-huh. how they work. Okay. So, um, for Rimundan, like, they they work, like, I mean, at least before MCO, they used to work the whole year. Right. So, like, maybe two months in early of the year, there are this bunch of artists. Two months here, there is a bunch of artists. And then they have one-year artists who will culminate, uh, culminate into, like, a whole exhibition at the end of the year. Okay. So, it, it really depends on, like, the programs that each residency have. Um, but, um... Yeah, so it depends on what residency is. And like sometimes they make the artist pay, you know, like in like different art residencies around the world. Okay. But for us, like they were sponsoring uh, Southeast Asian artists. All right. So if you're not from Southeast Asia, you do have to uh, pay like to work on your residency there. But for oh, Southeast okay. Asians, like they were the one who were uh, sponsoring us. Uh, and like uh, uh, the only thing we had to do was to just give them one piece of artwork at the end of it, of the Stella. And I think uh. I work around like 20 pieces of artwork. So, Damn. you know, so it was really fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a stereotype uh, as we were talking about just now that artists kind of have to be like, you know, they talk about the tortured artist sort of syndrome, right? And mm-hmm. um, all artists are like really eccentric and a little bit crazy. And, yeah. And um, I don't know, uh, <laughs> high most of the time, you know, like yeah. just just out there. La. And it, do you find any truth in that? Um do you feel that you need to have to be like kind of broken to be a good artist? What are your thoughts? And I ask right. this because you were staying with art, different mm. artists, right? So you're exposed to all these different people. So what, right. what was those experiences? Yeah, uh, I think mine was very solitary. Like everyone was just like minding their own thing. But like we did go out like sometimes and hang out and like kachowing each other in the studio and like asking, hey, what's up and all. And it was definitely very fascinating to like see how different artists work. Some people are definitely more they just want to do their own thing. And I mean, I guess like, because I went to an art college, so you can already see it there. Okay. And I went to, I did work in a studio, so you can already see that. So it wasn't that strange to me. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I mean, when it comes to like, being, what do you call it just now again? Uh, being sad. Yeah. Have, to, you need to be like, broken. Yeah, broken <laughs> to like, be an artist. I think, 
Uh, yeah, that definitely isn't true because when I'm broken, I just want to like lay down and like you know, fall asleep. <laughs> but when I'm like excited and like focused, I do want to paint, you know? So, yeah. Like, but I guess it depends on each artist. Like, I definitely think that if I wasn't drawing, if I weren't drawing, I would definitely be more emotionally like bottled up because I think I've drawn a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's about that. But, you know, so you definitely just, you, Even while you're, you're painting or drawing or creating, you don't even know what you're... Yeah. You just know? later, then you can see, oh, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Oh, and man. I think, like, a part of a cheat of, like, being an artist is, like, knowing how to bullshit back into your life, you know? Meaning? Uh, like, I mean, in a sense where you just draw something random, right? But then, like, you... So, like, look back at it and, like, self-reflect and yeah. try to, like... Retrospectively I mean, fit it into something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, I was going through that, you know? And yeah. then... Um, I guess that's about it. That that's what it's about, you know. So it's that helps in being an artist, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So anybody can go to the. I mean, as in, like, as a visitor, could you go to uh, Rimbun? Um, or is it like no, closed off? Yeah, it's like closed off, like, like we do. We they did have like open studios where open days where you can come in and visit the artists. Mm. But I guess like yeah, it depends on each residency around the world how they work. But for Rimbun, like I. So I was staying in the forest for like two months alone. Yeah. So that was scary. Uh, and like literally in the forest, like I had my own cabin. Yeah. Like each artist have their own house. Um, and I I would have like guests coming in like every week. Yeah. Every weekend to like, ask, I kept asking my friend, so are you guys coming or not? Because <laughs> you know? it gets really dark there. And like, oh, you know, okay. you get like kind of scared. Like I remember like, uh, so... Um, usually the studios in the buildings, uh, usually like the studio will be downstairs and then your house will be upstairs. Yep. So they, if they just finish with their work, they can just go upstairs on the stairs. Okay. But mine, uh, I was uh, I was staying in a studio where it was separated. So my house, I mean my cabin was like literally in the forest. Okay. You have to like walk like three minutes into the forest and then my, sorry, my uh, my cabin was there and my studio was the uh, depan with the rest of the people. Alright. So like, that means like, after nighttime, I would always have to like, walk <laughs> alone in the forest. So like, before Margaret, I would always be running back to my, <laughs> my house. Like, I wouldn't be working late night like some of the other artists. But yeah. it's such a cool thing, man. I mean, yeah, like, it was scary because I'm Malay and like, we, are, we have been traumatized as a kid about like, spirituality oh, yeah. and like, things not Especially in the around. forest. Like. Yes, yeah. But I think like, it definitely helped me to... Uh, learn about like living on my own and like uh, just you know quote unquote like self reflection hashtag <laughs> and like existential I, hashtag yes yeah um, and like I have definitely become more braver I guess like mm. it's now it's like definitely let less uh, it takes more to like for me to be scared you know, mm-hmm. you know because like I, I guess I've been yeah. <laughs> gone through the worst I mean it was very nice it was very calm like it sounds really cool because it feels like you got your college experience and you've got different other mm-hmm. experience to sort of supplement what you went right. through in college. So yeah. it's, it's like, and I guess we all never stop learning gun. That's really cool. Um, you you have a new project you've been working on. Right. Um, it's a comic an- anthology mm-hmm. uh, published by who again? Uh, yeah. So, Difference Engine? Yeah, it's uh, it's by Difference Engine. Yeah. Um, and so recently I have joined um, like a bunch of other creators from Southeast Asia for a comics anthology called Sound. So, um, 
they explore, I mean, like we explore like literally on the concept of sound right. and trying to come up with like different stories. So we have like artists from Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, all around Southeast Asia, like pitching their own stories. And I contributed a story called A Call. Yeah. So what's the premise? Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, it's interesting that we have to talk about it because I, earlier on we were talking about like spirituality and stuff. Yeah. So for mine, uh, it's about like this and like a dystopian uh, post-apocalyptic Malaysia. There's like a little boy uh, who is there alone. Right. Um, and he has to go to like the post-apocalyptic Malaysian version of a school. Um, and then like every time he goes there, uh, there's like a ruin nearby that keeps on making this weird sound mm. that he hears five times a day. Mm. So it's a, more about him navigating what he's listening to, mm. um, what is calling him. So uh, it's supposed to be like a bit spiritual, I guess, and it's a bit. Well, it's interesting. It's five times a day, lah. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but you should definitely pick up the comic. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm uh, uh, contributing for the anthology. Okay. Yep. Okay. And where where can people get that? Um. For Malaysians, I think you can get it from Kinokuniya if you uh -huh. want a physical copies. Um, I think in Singapore, you can get it from booksactually.com. Okay. Uh, and I guess you should definitely ask your independent bookstores to carry them if you're very interested. Uh, but they also have like ebooks available online so you can just check out different engines, uh, sound website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you, where did the inspiration for the story come from? Hmm, I, mean, I mean, besides spirituality, but uh -huh. how, do, how do you… Oh, yeah, what, I guess, was, what was the process like? Right. Um, let's see. I think I was just looking at a lot of. Uh, I mean, I talked a little bit about this, like with Difference Engine on their website. But essentially, mm -hmm. like, I was looking at a lot of um, paintings, of like, uh, landscape paintings, like antiquated mm -hmm. landscape paintings. Um, so like they all look very barren and like very quiet and all. I think it's very fascinating. And then I was also looking at like Middle Eastern. Um, uh, photos like vintage photos in the Middle East of like ancient ruins mm. and like you know like there are like mosques and stuff and like very like Islamic like architecture uh, buildings and I thought it was very fascinating to like imagine Malaysia if we were in a post-apocalyptic set, uh, setting and when it comes to like religion like and like spirituality it's very close to me so mm. I just came in naturally to like talk about that too mm. yeah but it's just the idea of Reimagining a future where, um, uh, like things are lost and like things come back in a very weird way. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I was also like reading a lot on, uh, like, like Malay customs and like cultures. I mean, I guess like last year when I was working on the pitch, so it just like came where, to where me. Where do you find? I mean, I guess it's just like about reading up and like, uh, you know, like just seeing people what what kind of books people are reading and like going to like talks. Okay. I mean, it definitely helps you to be like, oh yeah, I can go into that and like read about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just yeah, realizing that things get lost easily and trying to imagine a world where our reality right now oh, is lost. So, so you mean like, uh, okay, okay. So you're, you're talking about, in your own experience, like we were talking about it just now, about uh -huh. how we've lost our culture. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so you're, you're, you've done like a comic that sort of like talks uh -huh. about that in a, in a more deeper way. Like, like this guy, this yeah. boy, is uh -huh. in ruins lah. Uh -huh. right? Yeah. So uh -huh. it's in a, in a post-apocalyptic Malaysia. So it's like, 
Nothing is the same. Like everything is very barren, like those landscape paintings that I was looking at. Mm. Um, but it was just. But he keeps on hearing like this, you know, like a there's call. like this ominous call oh, right. that lingers around him, waiting for him to find out. So that's oh, what the comic is about. Wow, yeah. nice so, man. I'm definitely gonna buy that. Okay. I wish I, I wish I got it earlier. Then I could have gotten you to sign it. Oh. Damn. <laughs> Never mind. You're in Sungai Buloh, so I can always find you. <laughs> sure, yeah, I've been knocking it you promised me the signature. <laughs> Allah. I mean, I mean, I hope you enjoy it if you do get it. Yeah, Yeah, definitely will. Um, yeah, man, I've been, I really enjoy talking to you. Thank uh, you. It's really, really interesting. Um, and uh, normally what we do when we uh, end a conversation mm-hmm. is we either do recommendations or we do a message. I think we should do recommendations. Sure, yeah. What do you have in mind? So normally for recommendations, we recommend like a particular… It can be anything like… But it has to be a product. It can be an idea or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be like a book or a series or movie. Sure. Or anything to consume. Like. Okay, I, I think your anthology doesn't count. That's cheating. <laughs> so it has to be something else. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay, so while, while you think, I'll just tell everybody that if… To all the Sungai Bulu haters out there, <laughs> I hope this episode has proven definitively that Sungai Bulu is both a cultural and uh, social uh, milestone <laughs> center point in this country. Okay? <laughs> we are not only known for being the uh, penjara in your Saidina board, right? <laughs> no. We are more than that. <laughs> Allah. I mean, that's true. We have Nadir Noor. We have Roshan Gomez. What more do you <laughs> want, people? <laughs> yeah. And we have the nurseries, so… We have the nurseries. <laughs> Actually, oh, yeah, I don't even know the hand, sorry. We have, yeah, we have… Yeah, we have that. No, I was like, I've been name-dropping. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. Okay, well. What product? Uh, I also need to think. Sure. Hmm. Mm. Let me see. Uh, uh, I mean, I really like Midnight Gospel on Netflix. Uh, I mean, we were talking about existential crisis and stuff. So, yeah. Midnight Gospel is a show, um, an animated series, upper yeah. uh, by Drunken, uh, Drunken, Drunken Tussle, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesse Moynihan, which is one of my favorite artists of all time, mm. he I directed it. Okay. He worked uh, a lot in Adventure Time. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I was very big on that when he was working on a lot of event, like all of his Adventure Time episodes were my favorites. Right. So to know that he directed that show and like it's a really beautiful show that explores really heavy stuff in the most beautiful and very lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. So definitely recommend people to go into that if you're still thinking about deep upper, diving into that existential crisis <laughs> and cry nice. a little bit. Yeah, I already know what I want. Okay. Actually, I wrote this down. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> you shared a, a song, a Midnight uh, Fusic. Uh, you, you you recommended uh, you you kind of posted a song. What was that song? Damn it, my phone is not with me. Uh, but I think they just released it. Ah, damn it, I can't remember the name of the Which song. Which one is it? Uh, what is it? Can we find it? Okay, let me just. Oh, it's from this new album, I think. Caramel cream. Is it? Was it me? I don't think so. It was you, definitely. It was definitely you because I never heard of them before this. Ah, right, right. Okay. So I saw it on Instagram and I just checked it out. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Oh, it's really, really good, Ben. I think uh, people should people should uh, uh, check them out right. if you haven't already. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I was sharing this other song. Wait, I can't remember the name, but so. Oh, it released last year. My bad. My bad. Yeah, wait. Was <laughs> it, are you sure it was Minat Fazik? Oh, I could. Yeah, I think so. Wait, uh, let me see again. 
Oh, wait. I mean, I don't remember. I remember what kind of music. Wait. I mean, recently I was listening to a lot of I Just Want to Go Outside, which is also by them. So that's okay. really nice. All right, all right, yeah, right. But, I mean, speaking of Malaysian music, definitely check out Luna Diras and Ready Rockets. Yeah, I saw Tangerine. you. I saw you. You shared that as well. I listened yeah, to that. So that's also very good. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love it so much. What what, what does music uh, mean to you in terms of art? <laughs> does it play into your art? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I was thinking about it just now when you were asking me like what other things I'm inspired by. I'm definitely very inspired by like how musicians world build. You know, like when it comes to them like push, putting out like new albums and new eras, like it's always fascinating to see like the kind of visuals mm. that they work on and like what kind of music videos they're going for, what kind of feel you can see from just something as simple as the booklet. Yeah. So that's always fun. Yeah, and I love that. I've begun, become a bit fascinated also with the way uh, like musicians, especially the leads, la, you know, like mm. you're talking about your rappers and all that. It's become a bit of a I did okay. Maybe it's always been like this, mm -hmm. but I've just realized it. Like for example, with uh, punk rock, a big part of punk rock was fashion. Actually, mm -hmm. the way you, what the clothes you wore, uh, the way you carried yourself, yeah. it was not just the music. It was right. everything, right? And so I see it with a lot of like Malaysian, uh, indie artists now. They the way they take photos of themselves, they're portraying a particular kind of image, and that's yeah. a type of art in itself as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it makes it more immersive. Like it makes it feel like you're like stepping into a whole world instead of just being forced to listen to their sad songs, you know? Like, so yeah. it feels more natural to like go into it and fall in love with it. So I love that. Like, I, I, I geek out a lot about like how musicians work with uh, their world building and so like, I love reading interviews and listening to their podcasts, um, uh, interviews about it. Yeah. Nice. That's always fun. So I'm recommending Midnight Music as a whole. Check mm -hmm. out all their songs. Oh, sorry. Midnight Music. <laughs> Midnight Fusic. Do it, yes. Um, okay, one last question to end sure. the episode. Does the art you create, does it belong to you mm -hmm. or does it belong to the people who consume it? Hmm. Man. It's a very interesting question. Let's see. Uh, the reason why I ask is because I've also been fascinated with fan fiction, right? Right. And how people uh, write and build up on right. that, right? Yeah. And so… Like some authors don't like it uh, because it's their their work. Right. Some authors feel no, go for it. Yeah. You know, just build whatever you want to build. Mm -hmm. What about you? What do you think? I mean, uh, can you own art? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is. I mean, this is what we we were talking about. I mean, my uh, theory class, I think mm. I can't even remember. But I mean, it's it's a very mm. interesting topic about like authorship and like you know like how much is how much is it is yours and how much is it is the media you know and like. How it, go, it it gets lost very easily. Um, well, I guess like I'm sure like it does get diluted into the into the world. But also, I think if you're talking to just ourselves and like as human beings and like you know sort of like self love or whatever, like yeah, like it's okay for it to evolve when you put it out. But you will always know like what it means to you. I guess yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think it's just like being okay with that fact instead of like fighting it, you know? So it's like, it's okay, yeah, like it gets evolved into a whole new thing and it gets interpreted into a whole thing. It gets appropriated into a whole new thing but hopefully you'll do know that uh, what it means to you when you were making it. And, and at the very yeah. least, I guess we hope so, like, I, the very least we hope that credit is given lah. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, think that that's the thing with cultural uh, uh -huh. appropriation versus appreciation as well. Uh, appreciation, yeah, yeah. you take it but you, you, you give credit to where it comes from and you acknowledge the culture where it comes from. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, like I think when something becomes something as heavy as like uh, systemic racism and like uh, like race privilege, like definitely credit is where it's due. But I think when it comes to like art, mm. because we are also inspired by each other, it's kind of like hard to like credit every single thing that you are inspired sure, from. Sure, sure, sure. And like sometimes you don't even realize it. Like you are inspired by that. You know, like. So, macam, in one hand, you kind of, yeah, you would love to be credited for it. But on the other hand, like, if we, yeah, like, think too much about it, like, what is ours and all, like, I think you'll just, like, ruin, like, us, you know? Like, so it's just, when it comes to art, I feel, I guess, like, we'll just be okay with it. Unless they're, like, really capitalizing on it and, like, mm -hmm. really… Like, they take uh, your work and they just change yeah, their name exactly, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that sucks, <laughs> uh, because… This is definitely a conversation that I've been going through with some of my friends. Like, I mean, like my other artist friends, because mm. like we feel like, oh, okay, like that looks pretty uh, familiar. But <laughs> uh, yeah, like I guess at the end of the day, you are sort of inspiring like other people to like work on it, and the same way you're inspiring people to think about things that they were not thinking about before. So that's that's good, I guess. You know. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Um, I guess <laughs> right, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, it was really good talking to you, Nadia. I really enjoyed this. Uh, always good to have a Sungai Bolo oh. uh, uh, resident uh, around. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I haven't been here since kindergarten. My kindergarten used to be there. Oh, serious? Uh? Uh -uh, yeah, oh, wow. So. Nice, man. <laughs> <I> mean, uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, to all those who are listening, we hope everyone through these weird times are... <laughs> You know, staying uh, safe, staying healthy, and yes. staying good. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We are done. Yeah. Yeah.